Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, welcome to episode 145 of the Play on Nerds. I'm Steve. And I'm Jarman. And we're here to bring you a very special episode. <laughs> As usual. As usual, because every episode is very special here. And Jarman, what are we talking about today? Oh, we are going to talk about something that's also multiversal in honor of the Multiverse of Madness Doctor Strange movie coming out. We're talking about... Of course, the one, the 2001 the one. classic action that flick with multiverse Jet Li. classic <laughs> yes. that no one else is talking about, which is why we are. And they should be, man. What a flick. We'll get to what that later. A flick. <laughs> but in the meantime, German, what have you been up to last, since last time we spoke? Uh, well, I think uh, we had a, a little Easter holiday. I mean, oh. I neither really Steve or I celebrate, I don't believe, because we're both nah, you know, not really no. not believers, really. But it's a big uh, national, international kind of holiday. But uh, so all I did for Easter was have a lot of nerdy fun by going to brunch and then watching Star Trek with my Star Trek watching group who have not met together in a long time. But we have a Jewish guy and two uh, Christians, actually, who don't celebrate like really on Christmas Easter either. So we all just met for brunch Trek and we watched a lot of Star Trek after, after uh, brunch and it was fantastic. I mean, what, which Star Trek though? Uh, we're watching the catching up on the new stuff. So I'm so behind. Okay. I, I haven't seen any of Picard. I haven't seen any of season four of discovery. Uh, I haven't seen any of prodigy. I've seen one, two episodes of prodigy now. Um, it's great. Um, but all of them have been great. It's just, I haven't caught up on any of them. It's been a long time. Cause we want to save it for our, our Star Trek watching group. So oh, that's a nice sentiment. Though. Yeah. And uh, tonight I got to see Willy Wonka uh, for kids. It's like uh, I see a lot of musicals with children in them because my girlfriend is a middle school drama teacher. I need mm -hmm. to qualify that. But that's mm -hmm. so wonderful because it's adorable. And I'm like always in tears how cute these kids are. And we got to see some of her students that were in a production of Willy Wonka Jr. Uh, tonight. Uh, and uh, the last big thing is that I'm uh, I just did a preview show for a show I'm doing for a fringe festival here in Orlando, Florida. And it's called Waiting for Godot, which I might have mentioned on the podcast before, but I'm writing, co-writing, co-directing, co-starring in a show called Waiting for Godot, which is about two nerds waiting for Gal Godot to show up to a movie premiere. It's going to be about an hour-long production, and it's pretty funny. We wrote out the whole thing already. It's all scripted, It's uh, and it's it's going to be fun. But I've been working on that a lot. <laughs> when does that go up? That starts March 18th, and we have seven performances, so it's going to be interesting. And a lot of late, nice. late night crowds, people drinking, being rowdy. It's going to be a good scene. <laughs> They're all just going to be disappointed when good when Gal Gadot isn't there, though. Oh, well, maybe she will be. Who knows? That's right. Maybe she heard. I like to say it's Schrodinger's uh, Godot or Godot. She might show up. She might not. Until but if you, you look, it solidifies that she isn't there. If, so if you don't look, she, she might both have, is and isn't there. So you have to show up to solidify whether that happens or not. <laughs> but as long as you don't look, you don't know. That's right. So here's what you do. You leave one seat open with her name on it. <laughs> oh, and then when the lights come to. on, you won't know she's there. And when the lights come down, you convince yourself that she left before the end. <laughs> I like it. So she both is and isn't there. We definitely should lock a seat off for her. You're absolutely right. That That's, would be really funny, actually. It might be a good a good gimmick. 
and because it's similar to like the waiting for guffman the movie i love that movie oh yeah <laughs> mr guffman oh man <laughs> so what was your week like since we talked last uh well we're just getting my cat truby back to normal he's getting used to being back inside his sister still really doesn't like him oh yeah folks his cat was missing for how many days 20 and well he we we figured out where he was on day 13 and then it took us another week to catch him it's insane yeah uh so we've been caping up we've been doing dewormer stuff we even took him to the vet because he's still having some butt issues <laughs> so he is on some kitty probiotics who the hell knew that was a thing made by jamie lee curtis and some stronger <laughs> uh dewormer Oof. to get the big worms i guess Ouch. Uh, so, you know, that's just normal maintenance kind of stuff, but he's, he seems happy. I don't know. He's a cat. That's good. Uh, and then we went to have Easter with my in-laws and I immediately regretted it. Uh Oh, so we haven't seen them in two some years. They have never met Dilly before because of the pandemic and they weren't going to get vaccinated. Many of them. I think like the, the brother who's a firefighter, he had to. For his job, but the rest of them didn't get it. All five of them on one side got it, like got COVID. Oh, gosh. And that wasn't enough to like convince them. But they knew our reasons. They knew why we hadn't seen anybody. They knew we were uneasy about this because we've been pretty open with that through this whole thing. And so I assume that we're going in with like politics rules. We're going to stay away from politics because it's Easter. Absolutely. We're going to stay away from COVID talk because it's Easter. Of course. Absolutely not. Of course. <laughs> Both sister-in-laws show up and immediately, with literally almost no delay, come outside, sit down, and start into a 25-minute an- ignorant, anti-vax, anti-science oh. BS session. Uh, one of them makes claims that kids can't breathe in masks. Uh, one of the other one claims that from now on, they're not getting their kid any new vaccines. Oh, great. Of any kind. Uh, there were multiple mentions of quote unquote vaccine injuries. Yeah. And everyone knows a nurse knows a nurse. Once again, quote unquote knows a nurse who says they shouldn't get it. <laughs> oh God. Um, and I just had to sit there and bite my tongue. There's a one point where I was, I was very close to leaving, mm. but I stayed because I knew it would, it meant important things to Anna. And then later in the car, she's like, I was so close to saying we should leave. And I was like, next time, just, just say it <laughs> and we'll go. And and to have the knowledge that, of course, they know that you guys don't believe the stuff they're spewing, but it, they just don't care if it makes you uncomfortable at all. I, I don't want to say it's purposeful, but there came a point where I was like, this feels so purposeful. Well, most people I meet that so are believing these things, they don't seem to care if it hurts my – or not hurts my feelings, but makes me uncomfortable at all. And they just don't care about anyone around them believing what they believe or not. Whereas if I know I'm around a bunch of conservative people – I'm just going to hold my mouth, hold my tongue, and we'll talk about other things, talk about pop culture, whatever. I know just because I don't, I don't want to purposely make someone uncomfortable for no no reason that will be no constructive reason whatsoever. Like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I'm so sorry I went through that. <laughs> well, it's because the entire right-wing agenda – no, and mind you, I'm speaking in broad generalities. That's going to piss somebody off. <laughs> um, but the, the verbiage that's being used in the media and what's being fed out to these people is not – it's not about having your own views. It's about owning the libs. Yeah. Really putting those, you know, literate college graduates in their place. <laughs> um, Nerds. So it's just a different mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, like Mother's Day is coming up and we're already like, nah, I don't think we're going. Yeah, like I'm sure you still get along with your mom. Again. Like, okay, but not the whole sibling. I love Paula. Paula's great. 
Yeah. Uh, she, but man, I just can't, do, I, I personally can't do it again. I get it, man. That's a lot yeah. to go through. So, and really like Dilly doesn't get it, but like, I know Joyce hears these things. Yeah. She's probably confused. She's like, that's not what we talk about at home, daddy. <laughs> yeah. We believe in science, don't we? Yes, we do, sweetie. Just never mind these people. That's why it's called a play on nerds. Cause we are nerds who believe in science over here. I believe in science. <laughs> that's a good thing. And if tomorrow a uh, peer reviewed study came out that said that vaccines were harming children and calling elephant causing elephantitis <laughs> in the penis and the scientific community reviewed it and said, yep, that's what it is. Then I wouldn't get my kids any more vaccines. That's what I always say but about. Get, but uh, guess what? They haven't. Scientists haven't found that to be the case. As it, no. turns out. as it turns out, us not having polio is a good thing. <laughs> Weird. As it turns out, no more iron lungs for anybody. That's too bad. Man, that's maybe that's who's behind all this. Maybe that's the real culprit. It's the the like old man who still owns the iron lung plants. It's the big iron lung lobby that's up again. Once I kill them vaccines, all these machines are gonna run again. I'll be back in action. American industrialism is coming back. The vacuum boy express will be back in business. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so happy Easter. Happy Easter. <laughs> Let's go on some nerdy news. Yeah. It's time for nerdy news. <laughs> All right. I hate to say it, but we're still going to stay kind of political on this episode because something that's crosses over to our nerdy interests is of course disney which now owns almost all of nerddom including um star wars and uh you got your indiana jones and your marvel and of course all your disney properties that you know and love so we have the disney world here in orlando florida where i live and a very aggressively anti-science uh governor named ron DeSantis. Uh, so he might, you might have heard of him internationally, probably not, but maybe because he's kind of making the rounds of someone who might be the challenger against Donald Trump in the next election if he goes to the far right people over there want to go with him instead of Donald Trump. The scary he kind thing of looks is, like if Bill Paxton had given up on his dreams just yeah. for, for our <laughs> listeners who have never seen him before and got real sad looking. Yeah. Um, but the scary thing is that he is actually intelligent and knows what he's doing. Whereas, like, Donald Trump kind of knew what he was doing, but it's just, like, kind of like Godzilla crashing around in a big city and knocking things over. Whereas, like, Ron DeSantis knows exactly what he's doing and what base he's playing to. But how is this related to our podcast? Is that basically he recently is attempting to pass this bill that is colloquially named as the Don't, Don't Say Gay Bill, which has made a lot of national news here in the States as well, which is a lot of states are going to copy this now, where – you be below third grade, I believe you're not allowed to talk about anything involving sexuality or gender of any kind. I mean, you can't even say the word gay in a classroom or you could be um, fined or fired from your job as a teacher. And what's the big thing they don't think about and what that affects is a lot of people that I even know personally who are two fathers or two mothers who have adopted children or children they've had from a surrogate. Who are So now the kid goes to class, they can't talk about the fact that they have two parents that are the same gender. So it's ridiculous. But anyways, we have a lot of people here in Orlando who are supporters of Disney World and have um, season tickets there. They go there all the time. 
And they were up in arms against Disney to take some kind of stance against this because Disney also has gay days, which were never official. But there are these days in Orlando. I don't know if it happens in Los Angeles one as well, but where it's just known these are the gay days of Orla- of Disney. And everyone goes there and has wears their pride shirts and they support this. And Disney's really kind of backed it up and they start selling more rainbow items those days and stuff. And so they thought that Disney was kind of a supporter of gay rights and that kind of thing. But uh, Disney took a while. They were kind of dr- drug their feet a little bit because they're actually uh, – they fund a lot of local politicians in Florida, a lot of Republican pol- politicians. And so they finally released something that they were totally against this bill. And as a consequence, lovely Ron DeSantis has come out and he's saying that he's going to take away tax benefits that have been given to Disney since they've been around here in Orlando, I think since the 70s when uh, Disney World first opened. And as a consequence, if he does this, if he removes this tax status, I think it's from one small town where like the monorail still goes and stuff, that Mm -hmm. town won't get subsidies from Disney anymore. And now taxpayers, including myself in Orange County, will have to pay for this town's tax that Disney was paying before. But because of some weird things this law does, we're going to have to start paying for the land that Disney owes because owns because of his strange law he's passing. It's totally ludicrous. He's trying to like penalize Disney, but at the same time, he's going to penalize everyone who lives in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> so it's really dumb. And I was just thinking to myself, why would you poke the giant bear that is Disney? Like they've got to be more powerful than any one government in the world. They have the money. Certainly. I think where he has them is that they have sunk billions and billions of dollars into these parks it's not a situation where they can walk away yeah they, they can't, can't threaten to leave the state well the thing it's is just, that, you know, it yeah. just wouldn't happen i mean but hurting their business like directly hurts the florida economy which is very weird like but it's true like one of the main attractions of people coming from around the world to orlando is disney so i'm like what is he thinking i, I don't know it's just not going to end well either way it's just Disney just needs to buy better politicians. That's all I'm saying. I agree. <laughs> I mean, hell, I've maintained for years that Apple needs to pick some like Midwest state mm-hmm. and put a huge headquarters there, move a ton of people out there, and then just take over the state, basically. Yeah, and politically, it would change completely. If we went and took our entire staff to like South Dakota, we would suddenly make up like 30% of the population <laughs> of South Dakota. Oh, yeah. It'd be real cheap, too. Oh, man. Except for, yeah, except for a minute until every house is bought up and costs $7 billion. <laughs> well, well, yes, that's true. <laughs> we just make Silicon Valley somewhere else. If anything, if, anything, if we moved, houses here would get cheap. <laughs> yeah, I'd be moving to Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, well, it was a slightly nerd-adjacent news, but it fit well, actually, with our little political conversation earlier. Yeah, man. But now we're going to talk about a movie called The One. All right, let's talk a little bit about what this movie's about. Well, just like the Nutty Professor, Jet Li plays multiple roles. <laughs> Great illusion. Uh, but the main role in the bad guy is Yu-Law. He's an ex-multiverse authority cop or MVA agent who's traveling the multiverse, killing versions of himself. And with each kill, he gains more power, eventually displaying superhuman strength, agility, and speed. With only one other version of himself remaining, he's almost reached critical power. His ex-partner and a rookie cop eventually bring him in, but he hatches an escape attempt 
when a beautiful woman and an exploding mouse cause, <laughs> cause an explosion and gets out. He transports himself to the last universe where his final version of himself is, and he zeroes in on the kill. Uh, then we get a, a check in with Gabriel, who's the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this guy's he's a pl- trained police officer. He's skilled martial artist himself. Eulaw uh, goes for him. He narrowly escapes, but then cor- he gets cornered in a hospital. And then there's some like great Shakespearean mistaken identity kind of stuff where one is pretending to be the other and the other one's getting chased. Uh, one MBA agent goes after each of them. The older agent gets a shit kicked in by Eulaw. <laughs> And upon his death, he orders the younger agent to detonate a remote bomb and kill the good Gabe for fear that he'll become too powerful. And the younger agent does neither of these things. Eula <laughs> nope. sets about finding the other Gabriel and heads to his home. Uh, Gabriel's wife finds him in the attic. Or is it? No, it's Eula. <laughs> his wife sees the second Gabriel sneaking in and knows her husband was telling the truth. Eula murders Gabe's wife in front of him and a bunch of other cops. And good Gabe has to go on the run because he's now wanted for murder of his own wife. <laughs> the young agent and good Gabe. I just started calling him good Gabe. Uh, <laughs> good plan Gabe, to catch Eula and, and at the next multiverse jump point where he has to get this leads to some sort of industrial processing plant. <laughs> Uh, and they they literally just walk into a trap, and Eula detonates the bomb that the young guy was supposed to blow up earlier. Uh, both Good Gabe and Young Agent survive, uh, but Good Gabe is like disappears for a while. They don't even really explain where he is. He just disappears <laughs> for a little while. And uh, the young agent goes after Eula alone. He lose, uses everything that his old mentor taught him, and he also gets his shit kicked in. <laughs> Good game shows up and the two fight in a crazy high-flying anime battle ensues. Good game is outmatched, but eventually changes his fighting style, I guess, mm-hmm. to get the better of Eula. Uh, Eula grabs an axe. Young agent finally pays off and causes an explosion to distract Eula. And Good Gabe has a chance to kill him, but he doesn't. The portal opens up into the multiverse. Young agent and both Gabriels transport to the MVA headquarters, and we get the moment that we've all been waiting for, the which is the real Gabriel moment. <laughs> we knew it was going to happen. Young agent figures out that they have the wrong guy at the very last moment by spotting the outline of Gabe's missing wedding ring. They grab Eula, they put him in the chair, and they send him to prison planet. Good Gabe needs to be sent back to his universe. But young agents like he can't go back. He's wanted for murder. And even after they're like, he's got to go back. They just let good agent uh, like young agent go over and type some stuff into the computer, I guess. And they send Gabriel to a multiverse where he gets to meet his wife again for the first time. Eula lands on prison planet and immediately picks a fight with other prisoners. And he fights what is seemingly a never ending stream of prisoners as the camera pulls back to show that he is seemingly at the top of like a pyramid for some reason. (laughs) And there's just unlimited guys coming to kick his ass. Mm -hmm. And that is the masterpiece that is the one. 
And you could have just said young cop. You could have said just the Jason Statham characters. Jason Statham. Jason Statham. And the old guy is Delroy Lindo, another good actor. He was great. He was like maybe the one legit good spot in the whole movie. <laughs> and Carla Gugino, who many will know, and she plays the girlfriend slash wife, uh, depending which universe they're on. Yes. And a good mention of Dean Norris uh, of uh, Breaking Bad th- uh, fame is like a cop in the beginning. Oh, like right at the beginning. Part. Yeah. Yeah, and there's other recognizable faces you might have seen around, but really those are the most recognizable people in this flick, I think. Uh, so I think maybe I remembered this movie as being better than it was. <laughs> and that may just be because it came out in 2001 when we were in like high school. We were 15. This is the perfect age. Right, this was awesome at 15. The perfect Watching age. it now, <laughs> it's maybe a little less awesome. <laughs> so let's talk about some things I liked. Mm-hmm. All right, it had a great opener. Them escorting the prisoner only to reveal that it's Jet Lee. Oh, but then he's attacked. And who is it? Another also Jet Lee. Jet <laughs> like that was okay. I got to admit, that was pretty slick. I'll it was give pretty it to cool. Him. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I liked that there was a payoff for the wedding ring. Yeah. Like they loaded that bullet so early when he goes into the hospital. And it made sense. He's going to MRI, MRI machine. He has to take off his ring. And right. it's like they made it, it, it work. Yeah, and then at the end, that's inevitably what saves him. Um, I lo- There were some great fight moments throughout. Uh, there was at one point where Eula has, has old agent by his jacket, and he kicks him so hard that the jacket rips off of him. Yeah, I like that a lot. That was great. Um, the, some of the fights were good, but they felt sometimes slow. I'm not sure if you noticed that. A couple of them, I felt like, yeah, they were edited poorly. It was like, or slowly. Like, yeah, it was like some of the clips went too slow. Like, you should have cut away faster from that. Um, um, yeah. And I think it really suffered because they, because, you know, obviously they had to do a lot of like fake double work with Jet Li. Oh, yeah. But because he was the face, he was never the one. He was more often the one receiving the hit because they needed the camera camera angle to show him taking the hit. And it was very rare that Jet Li was the one actually attacking. And I actually learned that they did this for the first time in this film where they actually had uh, most of the fights. He didn't have to learn both the parts for most of it because they had the stunt double put on a, a green screen face so that he could still see out of it, of course. But then so they just green screened Jet Li's face onto his face after the fact. So that way it wasn't wouldn't matter so much if you saw him in the frame and you would actually still see Jet Li's face. But you could see they couldn't do that all the time because they all obviously right. were cutting away a lot of times when they had to. Um, but yeah, and obviously CGI was not that good back then. <laughs> no, like the part I think is badass, but still kind of shifty because of the CGI was him picking up the two motorcycles and smashing a guy between them. Uh-huh. Like that was badass. I, I agree with that. But you still could see how it was very CGI, but it was like it still was really cool at the time. <laughs> Some better CGI. Uh I thought their final fight scene after the explosion, the sparks flying. That's a badass scene. But they're they're moving slowly. It was a really good and clear way to illustrate just how fast they were moving without having to speed them up. Yeah, it was very anime in fa- in fashion. I but feel. then immediately after that, they did a bunch of slow mo stuff that made no sense. I was like, I was with you, and then you guys, you guys made a left. <laughs> Why'd you make a left? Why? Why'd you make a left? Uh, some things I disliked uh, when Good Gabe has Good seen Gabe. Eula in the hospital. 
there was this series of like, I feel like it was five minutes where every time they went around the corner, they played the same bit where he saw himself in a mirror <gasps> and thought it was you <laughs> but they did it like six times back to back. I was like, how many mirrors can this hospital have? <laughs> it's a very vain hospital. Um, there was some weird motion blur stuff throughout and they kind of used it at random times too. That didn't make sense to me. Hmm. I didn't really notice that. Um, and then I think where this really fails is the ending. The ending fails so hard and it really falls apart because good guy, good Gabe is going to a different universe. And that makes sense. That's a great wrap up. But in the universe he goes to his variant was already killed, presumably because you killed all the other variants. Right. So he's literally walking into the life of a dead man. We don't know how long he's been dead. <laughs> they had a funeral probably. Now he's just back. Okay. Uh, and unless there is a time travel aspect involved, somehow he is able to fall in the exact same scenario under which he met his wife. And somehow Jason Statham cop knew that this specific universe existed. Right. And the specific set of circumstances also existed. Here's how they could have fixed that easily would be that they said there are unlimited amounts of multiverse possibilities, but you don't exist on all of them. So like you're, you could still go and kill all of your other doubles and there could still be unlimited other universes, but you only exist on 123 of them. Right. You know but I mean? instead they said they were idiots and they set that number. Of exactly. Like, we have 123 universes. And then I think even one, they said an uninitiated universe yeah they said ours is one of the 123 technically the like the one up the movie took place in was technically like ours i believe but like we weren't as futuristic as they were so we didn't know about the other multiverses yet so we're uninitiated we're not part of the system yet or whatever but then the question becomes are there then other multiverses that are uninitiated that that we aren't part of the 123 or are they literally like nope we found the limit of science there's 123 guys <laughs> i don't know that's it, not fully explained yeah, like it just fell apart in that logical piece. And I think it would have made, I think the other thing that could have made sense is he goes back and his wife sees him and she's like, you've been missing for, you've been missing for months. Oh my God, you're alive. And he gets to walk into this other guy's life. That would have made more sense with that the story. So much more with the story sense. we had already been told. They wouldn't have to have like dealt with time travel crap or like, you know. Or exactly the same scenario with the dog being hit by the car and everything that. Really make um, but sense. then, then the flip side of that coin is what they do with you law, uh -huh. which it's implied at least visually that eventually you law is going to be overtaken hmm. by this mass of men who is heading up. Like they, they took the time to really show that there was an unlimited amount of people hmm. to come and fight you law. So presumably he will eventually be overcome and probably sexually assaulted and then <laughs> oh, murdered. We're just talking. I'm just saying realistic. We're in prison. Well, planet, because that person no says you have a pretty mouth as he walks up there. Yeah, literally. Yes. So he's going to be overtaken and just sexually assaulted repeatedly and then murdered. And then good Gabe is going to become the one. And we're literally back at what they couldn't allow to happen. Now, when they sent him and uh, good Gabe away, they the guy does quickly say, we'll watch over them and take care of them. Uh, he says those words, which I thought was strange. But then he, they, like you said, oh, they just throw oh no, that's in reference. That's in reference to Gabe going back to be sent to prison for all the murders. Oh, that's what he's making reference to. He's making reference to, oh well, he'll be watched over and cared for. 
I thought they meant like as in as in both of them, but yeah, throwing him wow. on this this island and just taking their chances that he might survive was pretty stupid. <laughs> right. It seems like with that kind of guy, you'd like put him in a in a cell in full restraints forever. Right. Just to make sure he doesn't die. <laughs> um see <so> yeah. <laughs> well, I I would get into my likes about this thing. I like yeah, you said, it. I think great some great action sequence moments. Some cool, innovative ideas uh, with this kind of movie. Um, some revolutionary effects for the time. The whole face matching thing they had to do a few mm-hmm. times. And like, even the motorcycles, even though we can tell with modern eyes they were off, they looked great at the time. I think They I, did look heavy. I, I did like that they looked like they had weight. Yeah. And like a lot of the other effects of him flying around and like it just he didn't look like a rag doll when he moved around. I think some of it was wire work, but it just looked really good. Um, and I love Carla Gugino. I don't know why, but she's like just so sexy and everything she's in. <laughs> but she's recently been in The Haunting of Hill House. She was amazing in that. Like mm-hmm. even as she's becoming an older woman, she's having wonderful acting parts. I think she's only gotten better. Sin City, she was in. Um, she goes topless in that one. She does. I highly recommend it. <laughs> It's just a great movie. I love Sin City. Um, kind of like with Sorcerer's Apprentice, our last episode, I love the idea of the lore in general. Like it's a yeah. it's a really cool idea, an interesting concept that's great for like video games, for a series of books or movies or TV show. Um, and I'd love to see more of that thought process. You know, if you kill your other multiversal components, you get stronger. That's just really a neat idea. Uh, yeah, it's like almost Highlander, but not quite Highlander. Even says uh, there can be only one or something like that in this movie. Yes. I think. <laughs> but the best best uh, line of the whole movie is when he's at the ending scene you're talking about and someone says, mm, you got a real pretty mouth, boy. And then he says, you law is nobody's bitch. <laughs> you are my bitch. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I was, don't need to know you. You need to know me. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, some of my dislikes, uh, I just don't think Jet Lee is a good enough actor with, with his English at the time. So I remember at the time loving this movie a lot, but I, I went back and watched more of his Chinese movies and he is fantastic. Like his acting is he's crying. He's in dramatic scenes. He looks completely believable. Um, but with English, I think he's struggling just enough at that time where it just he was really more wooden than I would have liked. I I think that it was a 50 percent success rate. I thought his portrayal of you law was mm. really good. He was more natural as his him. sinister, his voice for whatever reason, speaking as you love with that, like, ah, uh, yeah, just made his voice sound better. I think you're right. And more distinct. But then when he was good, Gabe, I was like, ah, this is awful. Well, he almost <laughs> had like a high, like pretty voice. Yeah. Like- and, and I know that him as an actor, he was trying to differentiate the roles to, to convey to the audience when one was taught when, you know, mm-hmm. Um, but it just, I don't know, something about the good Gabe specifically carried really false. Yeah. And I think it was just some of this characterization has made it more wooden feeling that was unintentional, but it just, yeah. It, and he didn't seem heroic as good Gabe. He just seemed kind of like weak and, and also he's kind of a small guy in general, so he doesn't seem very intimidating. So it, he needed that presence as you law to seem actually intimidating and, and scary well and then and then the juxtaposition of that is that they they did a lot to make him more intimidating and imposing like he was a trained police officer mm-hmm. with years on the force and clearly a skilled martial artist but a total wimp and a pushover also somehow <laughs> yeah and like um, yeah really scared in some scenes when he should have been like more tough i don't know so yeah 
and my other thing was I actually would have liked to have seen what it would be like if he became the one. Either of them. Like, the kind of dark yeah. ending would be if good Gabe dies and we see Yulaw become the one. Or Gabe becomes the one by accident and see what happens. Like, take that chance. Take that uh, – let us see what goes on if that happens. Maybe they're hoping for a sequel where they could, you know, figure that out later on. But I don't know. It just – that would have been really nice to see. Um, yeah, it'd be the two. The two. <laughs> Fast and furious. Um, so you did mention some trivia here. That So for the martial arts aficionados out there, uh, Jet Li uses two distinct kung fu styles when portraying Gabe and Yulaw. The evil Yulaw uses Xingxi Quan, or mind form fist, which is loosely translated, uh, as can be seen when he is training. It's very linear offensive style. Gabe, on the other hand, practices Bagua Song. I'm probably pronouncing this terribly wrong. I apologize. Or the eight trigrams palm. Uh, it's characterized by open palm fighting with circular footwork. Uh, both styles are two of the three main internal styles of kung- Chinese Kung Fu. The third being Tai Chi. So there's three oh, okay. main styles. Tai Chi is the third. And I, I did like the fact that the, you know, the Yula was close fists and when good Gabe was all pissed the whole time, he was just kind of wailing on him. But then he's like, oh, go back to your style. Go back to your form that you know so well. Right. It wasn't until he like abandoned the offensive the anger. style yeah. and embraced his style. Then he actually was able to beat him. I kind of like that. That their breakdance fight was finally able to be won. Because <laughs> that's breakdancing music. <laughs> just thinking of dance fighting. You heard it here first. <laughs> So the University Medical Center, where Gabe goes for the MRI, is actually the North Hollywood Medical Center where the popular sitcom Scrubs is filmed. Okay. So it's the same hospital interiors as Scrubbed. I like to imagine them inside while all this is happening. Yeah. And this is – I had forgotten this fact, but I knew it back then, was The Rock was originally attached to star in this film. It was going to be a rock vehicle. Um, but he left to go work on the Mummy Returns and his horrible stint as the Scorpion King. <laughs> so for a while, and it was Man. just called the Rock Movie. They didn't have a title for it, and then it became when he re- left to do the Mummy, it became Untitled Sci-Fi Project, and then when Jet Li came on board, it became the One. Um, but what a different movie this would have been if it was the Rock instead. Do you think he was supposed to be in the main role though? Yeah, he was. It was going to be starring. The Rock, Jane, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, but maybe, I don't know. To, this is just my thought. I could see him in the Jason Statham role and have the Jason Statham role be beefed up. Oh, that's possible. And then when he wasn't attached and they put this like almost no na- no name Jason Statham in here, like 2001 Jason Statham. Well, Delroy like, ah, Lindo oh, wasn't. Boost gently. <laughs> Delroy Lindo wasn't really big in 2001 either. Yeah, but he wasn't the main character. <laughs> He was supposed to die. He was the Obi-Wan. No, but yeah, Dwayne Johnson was going to be the star of the film. Okay. Unless you're right, like the star was going to be the young time cop or whatever, you know. Maybe. And that's sort of when I hear of him in the role, that's the role I go, yeah, that'd be that would make total sense. Like a time cop sort of thing. Mm. Minus Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I love time cop. But I it, know you it do. probably doesn't age well. <laughs> I know it doesn't. <laughs> so that's it for the one, folks. You guys are checking out. It's it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, it's short and sweet. Too. It's like an hour and 23 minutes. It's not a big deal. So give it a shot. All right. Now, to celebrate the one in the multiverse of madness, I've got a game called In Another World. <laughs> Let me switch over tabs now to the tab I call A Play on Nerd Secrets. 
Ooh. where I keep secret things from Jarman so he doesn't see them beforehand. Nice. Well, in this game, I've got a bunch of titles of popular and famous movies or what they almost were. Oh, These are alternate titles that were in consideration or at one point used for projects that you know and love. I'm going to give you the alternate title in Jarman. You have to guess what it is. I picked ones that are descriptive enough or clue filled enough for the most part to hopefully at least give you a chance. Okay. I appreciate that. So there are 10. Are you ready to go? I am ready. All right. Star beast. Star beast. Um, critters. No alien. Oh, dang. Hey, we got the buzzer back. <laughs> I did get it back. <laughs> All right. Here comes the boogeyman. Um, Halloween? No, that is Jeepers Creepers. Oh, damn. That's good, though. Right. High, wide, and handsome, also loud and proud. What the hell? High, wide, and handsome, also loud and proud. Uh, the Nutty Professor. <laughs> that is Talladega Nights. Oh, God. Ballad of Ricky Bobby. What a terrible name. (laughs) When I grow up. Big? That is big. Yay. (laughs) Got one so far. All right. A boy's life. Oh, I knew this one. Oh, man. This was something I've seen. This is kind of famously one of the famous kind of factoids that's thrown around. I know. Oh, Star Wars. <laughs> no, it's E.T. That's right. Damn it. All right. Watch the skies. Oh. Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind? That is correct. Yes. Fun fact about those last two, A Boy's Life and Watch the Skies. They are both featured on a movie theater awning in the movie Gremlins because Joe Dante always snuck in Steven Spielberg references to make him smile during dailies. Nice. I like it. (laughs) So both (laughs) a boy's life and watch the skies are on the awning and gremlins. (laughs) The contender. Rocky. That is Rocky. Yeah. I knew that one from college, actually. The scar. The scar. A scar. A scar. The. (laughs) The, the, the scar. scar. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> trying to think of people with scars. Uh, geez, it's not going well. <laughs> uh, Freddy Krueger. No, the fire. No, it's Scarface. Oh, Scarface. Mm. Scarface right. is much better than the scar. Spaceman from Pluto. Oh, that's uh, Back to the Future. That is Back to the Future. Yeah, I knew that that's one. Why, that's another one of those famously known ones. Right. And I just watched the uh, How We Made It or whatever it's called on Netflix, a wonderful show about the movies. Oh, it's spectacular. Just great. Yeah, great show. All right. This is the last one. Oh, boy. Library Revolution. Oh, my God. Library Revolution. Mm, Ghostbusters. I'm sorry. That is the Breakfast Club. <laughs> All right, Jarman, out of 10, you ended up with one, two, three, four. Four out of 10 for Jarman on. Woo! 
in another world. <laughs> I don't deserve that applause. That's why you gave it to yourself. <laughs> I'll give myself both. <laughs> if you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right, so today's Radical Recommends are going to go to Moon Knight. Now, I mean, this is not a very good niche Radical Recommends. I'm sure any big MCU fans out there are watching Moon Knight right now on uh, Disney Plus as it comes on or wherever it comes on in your country. Uh, and I'm going to recommend it because not that I think it's the best MCU series yet on TV, but because if you aren't an MCU fan... But maybe you like Oscar Isaac, or maybe you just like superhero stuff, but you have not been able to keep track of all the MCU stuff. You can jump into this show. It's six episodes long. They're not all out yet. And it's kind of in its own little world. Not entire. It's actually in the MCU, but you don't need to know anything else about the entire MCU to watch this show on its own. Uh, Yeah, there are, I mean, a very small handful of references. That will be fun for the fans, but... But But even those are pretty far and few. Yeah. And the director of the show even said that. He's like, um, they kind of gave me free reign to do what I want. We had consultants to make sure it tied in appropriately and didn't contradict anything, uh, which I don't know if they did perfectly, but but we can talk about that in some kind of spoiler thing at some <laughs> other time. Um, but it just, uh, it's just really fun on its own. Oscar Isaac is wonderful. It's, he Basically, the premise is, which isn't really giving anything away, is that he has two separate personalities. This is in the comics, too. In the comics, he has three separate personalities. Um, so it's kind of like a mix between Deadpool and Batman and uh, I don't know what, <laughs> something else. I kind of agree with that. Yeah. And he's at war with himself, uh, but eventually has to learn to cooperate with himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just like a without, lot of. Yeah, I don't want to know how spoiler we want to get. So I'm like, oh. Just things that were like basically in the previews is that he's like trying to figure out who he is and basically. He's finding that there's some kind of Egyptian god that he is the um, one of his personalities is the avatar for. That's pretty much in the trailers <laughs> and what the comics all based off of. So it's not giving much away, which is pretty cool. And um, it's just the visuals are great. Oscar Isaac's hilarious. Um, so it's a lot of humor in it. Beautifully shot. All different countries that it's shot into. Um, a lot of fun. It takes place mainly the first couple episodes in London. So good for our UK listeners out there. But just I'd say give it a shot if you feel lost in the MCU and you kind of gave up on it. You can just watch this six-episode show and have a good time and not really worry about a lot of rest. And without getting too spoilery, I just watched the uh, fourth episode, I believe, yesterday. I've not seen that one And <laughs> I cannot – the ending, without – no spoilers, trust me. I've never had – I have not had a TV show make me like – make my jaw drop and go, wait, what the hell? <laughs> so hard since I watched Lost the first time. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited. So the end of episode four specifically is like, wait, what, what just, what, what just happened? <laughs> that sounds amazing. In a very positive way. So I, I, I will double radical recommend. Nice. Moon Knight. All right. We're, I'm probably watching the fourth episode tomorrow with the girlfriend. So I'm excited. All right. Let me know what you think. All right. That brings us to some trailer reviews. So what you got Uh, for us this week, Steve? This week, who's not talking about it? That's the official and first teaser for Marvel Studios' Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. Finally, the fourth installment of the... How weird is it that we are on the fourth Thor film? I know. I remember when Iron Man came out. (laughs) 
I don't. I was drunk for most of that. <laughs> uh, well, this looks like it's very much going to be in the vein of Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy. Funnier, lighter, with good, sentimental, deep moments when they're appropriate. Uh, they haven't shown the villain, mm-hmm. but the online basically has a very good idea who it is. Well, it's it's a uh, public knowledge that it's uh, right. Uh, what's his face? Christian Bale is playing the villain. It's playing. Yes. And the theory is that it's Gore, the God butcher. Yes. Uh, uh, previous, you know, regular schmo who's who prayed to the gods to save his family. And when they didn't, he made it his life's mission to hunt them down. Good for him. You know, he wields a sword of pure darkness that was created by, I don't know, some God. I can't remember the name of, but who is the God of all the symbiotes. Oh, that's right. I remember that being connected. It's crazy. So I, there's some crazy big lore here. The fact that we just got Carnage, not Carnage, uh, Venom, like kind of transported the MCU. Right. Makes me hope that they're going to tie it in, but we'll see. Maybe. Um, but I'm very excited for this. Yeah. The trailer in general looks, I, I like that there wasn't as many super goofy moments, moments, moments in the trailer. To where I think, yeah, we'll be there'll be at least some of this movie where it will be taking itself a little more seriously at times because he's like really on like an uh, existential journey about who he is. And I kind of like that, you know, Taika Waititi maybe getting a little bit more of a serious edge, but it's going to be very silly, too. Like uh, he can't help himself. (laughs) He's Taika Waititi. Uh, But I'm willing to bet that the Guardians of the Galaxy are gone after the first nine minutes of the film. I believe that, too. I I wouldn't even give him a full 10. Yeah, that's fine. I want that way. Right. It's- we should get a little taste of it, a little taste of what Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be, and then that's it. Yeah, because let him do his own movie, and he goes off with that. Is that Core, the 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 adorable New Zealand rock oh, monster yeah, Kor, that he's Kor. with for most of the movie? Poor. Kor. Yeah. That's amazing. And yeah, of course, Mick and the, the- I are going to start a revolution. <laughs> and the, the reveal at the end. You want to talk about that? Uh, I don't know what was revealed at the end. You get to see Lady Thor. Oh, that's right. Just very quickly, Jane. As she's called something specific. I thought it was Incredible Lady Thor. Thor in the, I something. thought it was Lady Thor in the comics. Ultimate but. Thor. I don't know. Nah. I think they were trying to stay away from like the the sexist like Lady Stiltman <laughs> kind of shit. I, I agree. That's probably better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jane wields a reassembled Mjolnir. While spider things fight in the background. Um, it's it's all very exciting. I'm very excited. It's not a Marvel movie without a entire CG army to be killing. And just fun tie into one of our other episodes. Uh, in this movie, you get to see Thor's uh, uh, goats get to pull like a ship. And those go- goats are the Yulboken <laughs> or Christmas goats. <laughs> That later became Yultompton Christmas gnomes, who a lot of Santa's based off of from our Christmas episode. Those are the Yulboken. Yes. The, <laughs> that is a Thor's, callback. Thor's goats. <laughs> and also, we get a very brief glimpse. You'll see the guy holding a giant lightning bolt very quickly in the trailer, wearing all gold, uh-huh. brown hair. That is going to be Zeus, the Greek god. Um, and so he's apparently going to visit some gods in this, and apparently it's going to be a god butcher. And that's already been announced. That's played by Russell Crowe. So Russell Crowe. He's playing Zeus. Yes. Uh, uh, there's a there's a theory 
that I have seen that I kind of believe, which is that, uh, the, some people think that's like the opening and we're going to get to see Olympus and like this really great thing, you know, and, and then Gore's going to show up and just massacre them. And that's going to be like our introduction. That would make sense. But then Russell Crowe, who's like just gets issues the MCU, immediately dead. That would be really funny and very Taika Waititi esque. <laughs> well, and I think also what it would do is it would really set up the severity of Gore, how powerful he is. Just shows up and immediately wipes out Zeus. But the also the thing is that Hercules, the son of Zeus, is very popular in the comics as. Well, I don't know how popular he is, but he's for a long time he's been on and off involved with the Avengers. Um, as a superhero. So they maybe he'll still be alive or he'll be the one to go tell Thor and even introduce somebody else who's also good looking and buff who can be like challenging, uh-huh. challenging Thor's like, you know, his ego <laughs> or even even a younger guy who's going to now take the place of Thor because I know Chris Hemsworth won't do this forever. So um, you could replace him with Hercules, basically. Yeah. So there's rumors of Beta Ray Bill maybe showing up. Mm-hmm. Um I th- I think I think we will get some minor check-in with the Eternals. Maybe. They set a big thing up there and they screwed up the movie real bad, so whatever they're going to do with the next thing has to be spectacular. And they were in space at the end of the Eternals, so Yeah, but I th- I don't know if we're going to see another Eternals film, so I think they're going to take those characters and migrate them out. Kind of branch them off different directions. That would be my guess. Yeah, that'd be fine. Um. See, yeah, I'm excited. Me too. I, I feel, man. Like I know that they're like you know Disney's the man and whatever, <laughs> but Marvel just keeps making really good movies. Yeah, and especially I always enjoy the Marvel movies I see, and on top of that, I also always enjoy every Taika Waititi movie I've ever seen or project he's been involved with. So I'm like, of course I'm gonna like this movie. It's gonna be great. Well, I think that's the difference between them and a lot of the studios is like they bring in fun people yeah that have a definitive vision and they let them do their thing the problem was they weren't ready to quite start doing that better yet when uh ant-man was around because they had um what's his face who did all the um simon Pegg movies Oh I God! His name. I'm forgetting his name, but he directed the the Cornetto trilogy and everything. And he yeah. was he was going to be directing Ant Man. Had all these great ideas to make it more like him, um, but they really pushed back on it and wanted it to be more generally like a Marvel movie. Um, but then after that, they started getting more and more away from that. And I feel like if they did that now. They would have let him do whatever hell he wanted because it's kind of like right, you know, do your thing as long as it stays within canon. Cool, you know. Now we just got to get Jordan Peele back to direct the next Black Panther film. Oh, that would be sweet. And then we got them all. We got Tegawa TV, Jordan <laughs> Peele, and James Gunn always under Hell one yeah. roof, and we got it. <laughs> then we just got to get James Cameron in here for like a four-hour Cree movie. <laughs> yeah, more blue people. <laughs> and and we're good to go. That's fantastic. <laughs> James Cameron would have been good for the Eternals, but I think it was a it was a new director. So, you know, they tried their shot. They tried. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. <laughs> well, you didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but there was nothing good, really. <laughs> it was all right. It was all right. Well, I guess I that think- does it for our episode 145 of uh, Play on Nerds. Oh. 
Uh, next time, episode 146, we're going to be talking about uh, Firestarters coming out when, on May 13th when we'll be release, releasing that episode. So we're going to be watching the old Firestarter, the original OG with uh, young Little Drew Barrymore. baby Barrymore. She's so tiny. And it's very exciting. And you should be excited, too, because the new one will almost assuredly be a wreck. <laughs> we hope not, but probably. <laughs> but probably. We're not seeing it in theaters, so it's fine. Nah, <laughs> nobody. That's the thing. Nobody's seeing it in theaters. <laughs> Probably not. So we're going to watch Probably the old not. one. It's going to be great. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining us. We will keep on coming back to be your nerdy co-hosts. If you keep on coming back and be an our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? <laughs> <laughs>